Hey, welcome to Made For More. My name is Aaron Burke. I am the host of this podcast and we come up with new content on the first Wednesday of every month. And I'm so glad to hear the reports every single month of people writing in, telling them how this has helped them be a better leader, a better father, a better mother, a better pastor. So I'm excited to help. We work hard on this content to make it a win. So make sure you do me a favor, make sure you subscribe to this on whatever platform you're on. And if you're on YouTube, we put this on the Radiant Church's YouTube panel, uh, channel, so make sure you subscribe there. But uh, give us a review. We'd love to hear how this is helping you. And obviously, if you ever tag me on Instagram, I make sure and repost it so that people can know what's going on and how people are learning. But today, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the three relationships that every leader needs, three relationships that every leader needs. Now, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to show you these in the Bible, and I'm going to show you how you can sustain what you're doing in a healthy way. Our word for the year is health, and how you can sustain it by having these three relationships in your life. And I'm telling you, I learned this at an early age because really I realized that really the excitement and the joy of whatever you're going to do in life is all going to depend on your relationships. Are your, your relationships are good, life is good. If your relationships are suffering, Life is suffering. So here's the three relationships that everyone needs in their life. I, I wrote them down as, as Bible characters, so I'll give them to you. The first one is that um, you need a, to be a Barnabas in a relationship, and I'll show you what that means in a little bit. The second one, you need to pursue a Paul, and I'll tell you what that means in a few minutes. And the third one is that you need to train a Timothy. So you need to learn how to be a Barnabas, pursue a Paul, train a Timothy. If you're taking notes, those are your three. Be a Barnabas, pursue a Paul, train a Timothy. So let's break them down. What does it mean to be a Barnabas? If you don't know who Barnabas is, Barnabas is Paul's friend. So Paul was a guy who was uh, not a Christian, uh, persecuted Christians, had this encounter with God, and ended up being one of the greatest church leaders ever. Planted churches all over the Mediterranean, wrote about a third of our New Testament that we have today. And Paul, when he was starting, he was a lone ranger. I mean, he had this moment where he lost all of his friends, all of his community. And we see this relationship where he gets connected with this guy named Barnabas. Now, your Barnabas comes in all shapes and sizes. You need a Barnabas in your life. And you need to be a Barnabas to somebody else. So this is your friends. This is your co-workers. This is your romantic relationships. This is your, you know, whoever you play, uh, uh, you know, some random internet games with. I don't even know if those are real friends, but you got the idea. The idea is that you need to have friendships in your life. I love the story where Paul was actually being accused of, of, of his intentions when he was becoming a church leader. And people are like, is this guy even the real deal? And the Bible tells us in Acts 9 that when they came to Jerusalem, he tried to, to join the disciples. Talking about Paul tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if I believe Paul. If Paul was killing Christians and then he says, hey, I'm one of you guys. I want to hang out with y'all. I'd be like, this guy's going to stab me in the back, literally. But verse 27 says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them, him, them how Saul... Um, how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoke to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed there and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So in this moment, 
where Saul needed somebody in his corner, he had Barnabas. And let me tell you, if you want to thrive in leadership, you need a Barnabas in your life and you need to be a Barnabas. So that's why the first crucial relationship is you need some friends. You need some people that you can just let your hair down with and have a good time. The word Barnabas in the Bible actually means encouraging one, encouraging one. So I don't know about you, but I need encouragement in my life. I need people to tell me I'm doing a good job. I need people to laugh with me. I need people that'll bring life into me. And so that's what a Barnabas does. In a world full of critics, it's rare to find a true companion. Let me say this again. In a world full of critics, it's rare to find a true companion. And our desire is that you would get friends in your life that would not just be good companions, but would champion who you're called to be. And I love it that I have some great friends, some people that we can laugh with, but also some people that just come along and say, man, Aaron, you're doing a great job. Aaron, you're, you're, you're changing the world. Aaron, that sermon was awesome. Like you need some good friends in your life. So I think it's important that you don't just look for Barnabases, but you become a Barnabas. So let me ask you, as you're listening to this, or maybe you're watching this, are you a Barnabas? You're like, I can't ever find any friends. If you want a friend, be a friend. And how do you be a friend? Become an encouraging one. Encouragement goes a long way. Why? Because people need it. People say, well, that encouragement doesn't last. Well, guess what? Neither does bathing. That's why you need to do it daily. That's a good phrase right there. So learn to be a Barnabas to other people and you will have great relationships, which will bring about great longevity in leadership. Here's the second one you want to do this well, is that you've got to learn how to pursue a Paul. So you don't just be a Barnabas, be a good friend, but you got to pr- pursue a Paul. Who is Paul? These are the relationships where you're going to receive. These are the coaches, the mentors, the pastors that you're supposed to have in your life. One of the great things that have helped me over the last 20 years of following Jesus is the mentors that I've had in my life. And I wrote it as pursue a Paul because I want you to hear this. They're not going to pursue you. So if you're frustrated because no mentor is seeking you out, guess what? They're not going to. You've got to pursue them. And I think this is important because we see Paul's influence in so many people's lives. But really, the massive impact he made on a young man named Timothy was from Timothy's pursuit of him. So don't wait for a mentor to recognize you. You pursue a mentor. You pursue someone who you can follow their life and you can learn from them. It is important that you get close to this person, that you ask good questions about life. And let me give you some encouragement in this because somebody can be a PhD in one area and have an elementary education in another area of their life. So don't be frustrated when you can't find a Paul in your life that is perfect because there is no such thing as a perfect mentor. Because what I've learned in life is that there's people that I'm going to admire and follow in certain areas. And then in other areas of their life, I'll kind of like go, well, I'm not going to learn from them in that area. But you've got to recognize where they're going to be a mentor for you. So maybe they're great at handling money, but they're terrible at raising their children. So 
get some mentorship from them about how to handle finances. But don't listen all the time when they tell you about their, how they handle their kids. But also don't write them off completely because they have an area that's their weekend. You've got to learn to pursue a Paul. Pursue somebody who can speak into your life. And if you are a Paul in this, let me just tell you, the best thing you can do is open up your life to let somebody else in to really learn how to be a success because your greatest success is always going to be your successor. So how do we get a Paul in our life? Let me give you some um, keys to this that I wrote down. First of all, is you got to create realistic expectations from whoever you're trying to get mentorship from. So create realistic expectations. They're not going to invite you over their house all the time. They're not going to spend every waking minute with you. There's probably going to be a set amount of time on the calendar, and then you've got to honor that time. So you set realistic expectations, and you also understand they're not perfect. I have some great mentors in my life, but none of them are perfect. And I set realistic expectations that I understand there's only one perfect person. His name was Jesus, and he's at the right hand of the Father right now. So I'm realizing there's only imperfect mentors. All right, here's the second thing is you've got to be intentional to get involved in their life. If they like to go running, you go running with them. If they like to do pottery, you find ways to do pottery with them. If they are a uh, mom with four kids and you're becoming a mom with from going from one kid to two kids and you want to hang out with them, go to the park with, with her and her four kids. Find ways to get involved in their life. Don't ask them to come into your life. You walk into their life. Some of the people that have really pursued me as a Paul it's been great. They've, they've joined CrossFit and they've tried to do that and stay with me as much as they could. They, they, they will come with me on different trips. They will, they'll find ways to insert themselves into my life. And I'm telling you, you make it a point. And as someone who is a Paul to many people, let me tell you, I respect the moments where they're going out of their way, inconveniencing themselves to be involved in, in my life. So you're going to get involved in their life. Number three, this is huge. Don't overstay your welcome. <laughs> this is a big one. So if you're going to pursue a Paul, don't overstay your welcome. So when I meet with my pastors or have a, a phone call with some of my mentors that I have, um, I make sure if, if the 30 minutes that I asked them for is up, I say, hey, you know, uh, I told you 30 minutes, I'll, I'll cut this off right now. Now, if they insist on talking longer, I'll do that. But I'm always going to provide a way for them to get out. I want them to want to have these conversations, not feel trapped by those conversations. Let me say this. If they invite you over your ha their house, try to leave early. Now, if they insist that you stay, you stay longer. But you never want to be the person that the mentor in your life is sitting around going, man, they just won't leave. And we all know who those people are. So learn to don't overstay your welcome. You'd much rather leave early than stay too late. All right, here's the fourth one. Ask thought out questions. Ask thought out questions. If you're going to pursue a Paul in your life, think through the questions. I love it when people ask good questions to me. And I can always tell a good question because a good question is specific. A good question is really me um, hearing that they want me to help them solve a problem that is a difficult problem. It's not like a, you know, hey, tell me uh, the best book you ever read. It's teach me how you think. 
Teach me how you do life the way you're doing it. What are the keys to your success? Do thought out questions. And here's my last one for you. When you're pursuing that coach, that mentor, always honor them. Always honor. Let me tell you, honor them to their face, but also honor them behind their back. Honor them by paying for their meal. I think that's a big deal. Try. Now, they might not let me. My pastor always pays for my meal. It, every time I go out with them, every time I meet with them, he fights for it. And I tell him, I say, no, it's an honor principle. I love to honor those who are my mentors, my leaders. And I'm telling you, if you will try to do that, walk in honor, then I'll watch how honor will always give way to the gift. And you'll be able to receive more from them when you honor them. So here's the first two. The first one is that you need to be a Barnabas. You need to be a friend to somebody. You need to have some good friends. Second one, you got to pursue a Paul. And thirdly, you need to train a Timothy. Timothy's our third guy in the story. Timothy was a young leader that Paul had the opportunity to train up. And so when they come to you, you have to understand this is your responsibility to speak into that next generation. So I would ask you this question. It's not only who's your mentor, it's who are you mentoring? That's a great question. It's not just who's discipling you, it's who are you discipling? It's not just who's helping raise you up, who are you raising up? We should always live with this idea that our greatest success is going to be our successors. You are called to be a spiritual father or mother to somebody else or some kind of mentor. And this is lacking in our world today. The world is out there and they don't have mentors. They don't have people speaking into their life. And the Bible says it this way. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as dear children. First Corinthians four, verse 15 says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is Paul speaking down saying, listen, what you need is y'all need, y'all need some fathers. You need someone in your life and your job is to be that mentor to somebody else. If someone gave you a hand up, you've got to give somebody a hand. You've got to reach your hand down and help somebody else up. It's part of healthy leadership. And honestly, it'll sustain you in this. I'm 38 years old now. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm telling you, one of the greatest joys in my life is now not what people, what I can do. It's what I can see done through the people that I'm raising up. And what is that going to do? That's going to bring life to me. That's going to help me go the next level. And the Bible gives us an outline of struggles that people have of when they don't have that mentor in their life. They lack identity. They lack, they lack um, you know, the, the ability to really have ownership because nobody's handed them anything. They, don't, they haven't been given opportunities. They don't have that confidence. So as a mentor, I'm going to release that. I'm going to give people opportunities that I wish people would have given me. I'm going to give them some confidence that, you know what, you can do this. You do, um, you can accomplish amazing things. I've heard it said this way, that people tend to become what the most important person in their life believes they can become. I hope you got that. People tend to become 
what the most important person in their life believes they can become. So you have the ability to speak into other people's lives ways that will really be able to see them thrive because nobody else is speaking it over them. You can. So let me give you some practical application on this. It's simply this. Here's the first thing is, is who are you raising up right now? Who are you speaking into? Who have you given your time to, your ability to, your wisdom to, so that they can thrive? Be a Paul in somebody else's life so that you can raise up a Timothy because your greatest success will always be your successor. Here's the second thing is learn to give people your time. The most, inv- the most important and valuable asset you have is your time. And so when you give people your time, which by the way, right now you're giving me your time and I want you to know, I honor it. That's a big deal that you would take this, you know, 20 or so minutes and listen to this podcast. I hope it helps you. But I want you to know your time is so valuable, but I'm telling you, it is never wasted investing into people. Let me say that again. Time is never wasted when it's invested into people. People might hurt you. People might Uh, stab you in the back. They might leave you. But let me tell you, when you invest in other people, it is something that will reap benefits for years and years down the road. Give people your time. Here's the second, the third thing you do is you give people access. You give people access. Don't be some closed off leader. Don't be a leader that has some guard up that people can't see through. The greatest thing you're going to do is you're going to show them how you live. So mentorship for me is not me telling people what to do. Mentorship is telling people what I do. Let me say that again. It's not telling people what to do. It's telling people what I do. It's what they see in me that they're able to now replicate and move forward. That's what Paul said. Paul said, whatever you've seen in me, put it into practice. And that's what happens when you train up a Timothy. You're giving them access. So I'm talking to the people I'm raising up and I'm talking to them about how I'm investing in my children, how I lead um, at the church, how I invest in my marriage, how I take care of my health. Talk to them about what you do. Give them access. And then here's the last one is give them opportunities. Give them opportunities. You as a leader have a unique opportunity to hand off ministry, leadership things, roles, tasks that you've got to understand. For you, it might not be a big deal. For them, it's a huge opportunity. I remember the very first time I was able to do transitions in my youth group. I was 17 years old and they let me come up and do a little offering talk. And I remember getting so blown away. My One of my mentors, is, he was a guy by the name of Donnie, and he gave me my first opportunity to lead a small group and then able opportunity to share from the stage. And when he gave me that opportunity, I remember sitting there going, man, I would never have this if it wasn't for him. And I want to be that person for other people. Now that every time I give someone an opportunity to speak or I give someone their very first job in ministry or hire someone out of college or I'm able to give someone an opportunity to to do some kind of task that they never thought they'd be able to do. When I do that, I realize, man, I'm now being a Paul to a Timothy and that Timothy wouldn't have this opportunity if it wasn't for me. Give people opportunities. Remember, it's not about you. It's not about how great people think you are. 
It's about the legacy you're going to leave behind. Three relationships every leader needs. Let me give them to you one more time before we close. You need to be a Barnabas. You need to have some good friends. And I'm telling you, you need some people you can laugh with, have a good time with, and that you can really encourage. That's what Barnabas means, encouraging one. You need to pursue a Paul. You need to have a mentor in your life. Let me just say this one more thing about a mentor. A mentor needs to have the ability to tell you no. You need to have somebody that'll sit there and go, hey, that's not okay. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Let them call you out a little bit. That's what my mentors do to me. They're able to really speak into my life. And they're not yes men in my life or yes women in my life. No, they're people that can speak into my life and tell me no. You need a Paul in your life. And then thirdly, you need to train a Timothy. You don't just need to be reaching up, hoping somebody else pulls you up. You need to reach down and pull somebody else up. And watch when you have all three of these, here's what happens. You're able to thrive long-term in leadership. Because leadership, remember, it's all about people. And if you don't have the relationship side right, the rest of it's not going to work out. Be a Barnabas, pursue a Paul, train a Timothy, and I think you'll be an incredible leader. I hope this has helped you. Send me some information of how you're putting this into practice. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or tag me or make sure you put a review on one of our sites. We love you guys. We have a great um, episode coming out next month. So stay tuned. And we are pumped that you are part of the Made for More Leadership family. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.